a Shishkin Productions podcast. 209 million total subscribers to Netflix, apparently. If each Netflix subscriber contributed $5, they could also make a James Bond movie. <laughs> What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Reel. Sizzle Reel. I almost called it Rounds of Sound. <laughs> uh, we just got done recording a uh, different podcast on the network called Rounds of Sound. Shameless plug. Go yeah, check it out. All cross promotion. Um, yeah, we're still we're still sizzling. We're we still are sizzling strong. Yeah, yeah, sizzling no, on a weekend right now. Actually. We're sizzling on a weekend. We're sizzling on a Saturday. Hey, Saturday sizzlers. Like Man, someone got to turn the gas off though, because we are we've been sizzling for. Over a year at this point. Too much that's, that's crazy. Um, Chris, what's up, man? Yo, uh, not much. Just chilling. Alexi, how about you? I am just hanging out, hanging in there. Like you said, at at the office on a Saturday. Do I want to do it? Yeah, eh. I mean, it's okay. It's a podcast. I don't really mind. But I'd prefer to, to not. Well, know? I mean, I, I know I'm in here today to, to get a, not a head start, oh. but to not fall behind on a little project that we got it's a mm. quick turnaround and they gave mm. us you know mm. six hours of that's b-roll seg- for segment two oh, that's, that's, what segment I have, two. that's what i have lined up okay. for segment well two. look we'll, we'll we'll circle back to that but i'm in the office today doing some work and this this is a welcome distraction yeah well hey dude welcome to the distraction um where can people find the distraction <laughs> <laughs> we're on twitter and instagram at sizzle real gang we are on gmail at sizzle we're real on gang. gmail uh, we're also on, uh, Patreon. Yeah, they got the Patreon. Patreon's important. That's where Shishkin Productions there. We're also Shishkin Productions on TikTok. And most importantly, on the cold line, give I mean, us a call. Should we, I mean, break some news about the Patreoni happy hours? They're oh, gonna, They're going to yeah. start because New York City fucking knock on wood is doing all right with the pandemic. Who is it? Um, <laughs> because New York City is doing all right with the pandemic. Uh, they're gonna start being in person. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a a new spot, mm-hmm. and it's it's right near the office. It's a great little happy hour spot, and coincidentally, one of the patreonis is a bartender there. So, yeah. so we're, he's we're, a patreoni, and we're gonna be patrons. Yeah, of his bar. We're we're gonna bring um, bring the happy hour right to him. Yeah, you might hear it um, at the break. You might hear an ad for it. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. It's a wandering barman. Um. So, Chris, uh, you know, you just told the people where they can find us, and that's all well and good. But, you know, if IATSE ends up striking, oh man, maybe the people can't find us because maybe we'll head for the hills too. Yeah, yeah. You know? the, the Sizzle Reel might need to go on strike. Full disclosure: Sizzle Reel is non-union, but look, we're solidarity, solidarity. Yeah. You know, we're we're standing with we, our. We ain't uh, no scabs. We're no scabs. If someone comes to us with a union gig during the strike, we're gonna tell them that they can go go fuck themselves. A scab is a man who can't get no work from me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Um, by the time this posts, by the time you're hearing this, this is going to be old news because we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. But when we're recording this, uh, the statement is that unless an agreement is reached, IATSE members will begin a nationwide strike on October 18th at 12.01 a.m. Pacific. Um if you're a super fan and you listen to this right as it posts, <laughs> three hours from now, there might be a strike. Um uh, and if you go to the IATSE website, you'll see there's a little countdown clock. So oh, they have a countdown. Yeah, clock? on this page has a countdown clock. So um, I don't know. It's 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 weird. I, I I have I I personally think that a deal will get done. I just feel like that's how these things go. I think that IATSE has the leverage. Like it that union is just far too powerful to to and, and like important. For people to, for for the other side to go, okay, never mind, we don't need you. Like I just don't think that it's possible for anything to get done with an IATSE strike, yeah. especially now the production's ramping up again. It seems it seems like all the union members are on the same page with it too. Like the one of the few good things about the, the pandemic is that workers here are realizing their value a little bit more, yeah. and that's why you know you see all these stories about how difficult it is to to hire right now. It's because people aren't taking the shitty jobs anymore. It's true, and this is included in it like yeah you, you, people know what their worth is yeah and you know part of it also is just that like yeah people know what their worth is but also what the worth 
the quote, I say quote unquote worth, what the worth was determined to be was so fucking low yeah, yeah. that like it, it's like it can't get any worse really, you know. I just hope that if they do come to an agreement that it's an actually good one. Like I hope IATSE yeah. doesn't, you know, cave. And yeah, just- I mean, to me, the again, like I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but like the the main point is to move the floor up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm sure like people are at, at higher positions are there. That's fine that they're, they're getting paid. All right. And you know, at the higher positions, they'll have enough leverage to say, Hey, fuck you. I'm not pulling a 12 hour day today. Yeah. I'm going to go home and get some rest. Or, yeah. And at 12, I mean, I say 12, like, cause 12 to me is a long time. These people are out here doing like 16 hour days. Which yeah. Is I, I, I personally, anything over Eight. eight is too much. Ten, I know ten is a pretty standard work day, but if uh, you if you hit ten, like that's it. No, yeah. nothing else. Like Agreed. I will not work that extra overtime. Like Same. even if I'm getting paid overtime, I don't want to be working a twelve hour day. I, I stick too much. To, I stick to eight. I stick to eight. I know. Like and if people want to come for me, please uh, bring it on. I I I, I want to stick to an eight hour day. Life yeah, is absolutely. Too, it's too valuable. That's why we're running a test program. In January, oh, we sure at Shishkin are. Productions, yep. we're calling it No Work Fridays. It's it's really catchy. Yeah, it's it's a good name. It was the first one we landed on. We didn't pitch <laughs> any alts. We were just like No Work Fridays. Um, we're not going to work any Fridays. In, yeah, uh, in uh in January. That's the goal, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe like, here's the thing: the office is always open. So if you want to come in and you want to like fuck around with your own shit, or if you want to like, I'll probably come in and record some podcast stuff. But um, the goal is not to do any work except for the one and only Matt King. I know he's, Oh yeah, he'll have me in there, but, um, yeah, try to make it like a four day work week. Just test that out, pilot it, see how it goes. Cause ultimately I think we can get done in four days. What we normally get done in five. I'd say so. Um, without too much increase in, you know, in stress and pressure, as long as we book, like, that's why I wanted to set it up this far in advance. Cause knowing this in October, that makes it easier to book January because we can just block those Fridays off. Exactly. You know? I mean, it, it's important now so that we can, when we're building our our post calendars, that those dates are blocked off, and that the also honestly that the client knows that those are are yep. off. So if they try to shift anything, we can be like, can't sorry, can't do it, can't do it. We're not doing it to our people. That um, it, I think I talked about this way back on some episode, but there was a year in my freelance career, I think it was. I think it was 2017 where I, I did uh, no Mondays. Oh, that's right. That's I was right. just like, it was so funny because they would call and they'd be like, hey, can you uh, work next week? I was like, yeah, I can do Tuesday through Friday. And they were like, okay. And then what about next week? I was like, yeah, I can do Tuesday through Friday. Like, I just don't, I can't do Mondays. I go, are you booked? I was like, because I, I, I was, you know, close with the person. So yeah. I was just like straight up. Uh, no, I'm not booked. I just don't want to work on Mondays. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I'd rather like take Mondays to do my own thing. Well, you know? and you, you had to pass up a few shows because of that, right? Yeah, I definitely passed up a couple of gigs, but it ended up being fine because like, what, 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 what am I? Just a wage slave? Well, and also like if you're a freelancer, that's kind of part of the deal. Yeah, is you yeah. get to pick when you work. Yeah, you know, and the trade-off is they don't give you health care and then they treat you like shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. That's the that's the IATSE strike. Uh, to move on from that, I want to talk a little bit about a uh, couple couple uh, things that have come out lately. James Bond and Squid Game. I went and saw James Bond in the theaters. I terrible decision. It was like really? nine, it was like nine thirty at night, and oh, yeah. uh, it was a three hour movie. I didn't know that. So even though I told you that multiple times, yeah, that day. it's uh, in one ear and out the other with me. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't uh I did not have that great of a time. Um I wish it was a lot shorter. Yeah, was it, I mean was it a good movie though? Just like needed to be I cut yeah, down? I guess it was all right. I mean no, I mean I get yeah, no, t- I'm not going to say it was a good movie cuz it was too fucking long, you know? Like if it was half the length then I could say okay, it's a pretty good movie. But I can't say like it's a good movie, but it was twice as long as it needed to be because that doesn't make it a good. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, make yeah. It a good movie. I know, I know. It makes it suck. It's like a terrible experience. I don't want to sit there for three hours watching like unnecessary bullshit happening. James Bond is a, it's a weird series for me because growing up, I really liked it and I watched all the old ones and like I don't know, I knew all of them going up until yeah. the the Pierce Brosnan ones, but I just haven't cared for a long time. And even over the pandemic, I tried to watch. Uh, all the Daniel Craig ones and I made it through like 15 minutes of the first one and I turned it off like it just does not intrigue me at all it's been the same movie for 60 years like what for me it's the nostalgia is why I like it 
and and I'm I'm not talking about like oh I grew up watching them or anything, but for me like it's the filmmaking nostalgia that I like. So I like looking back at ones from the 70s, ones from the 80s, and like kind of seeing how different action movies were back then, and like how different the Bond franchise was. Yeah. Because now like every action movie looks the fucking same, and like I get that. It's James Bond and it's an iconic character and yeah, like it's shot in a cool way, but every fucking action movie is shot in a cool way. Yeah. yeah. Like they all look good. Yeah, of course. So they do. like it's that that's what made James Bond so iconic to me was that it looked like it, it just action movies back then, it was harder to make them. And so like it's more interesting to me personally watching old action movies cuz sometimes that shit is like Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's just so campy and you're like, Jesus is crazy. Like, why did they do this? It's because they had to. They couldn't, like, fix it in post. They couldn't CGI some stuff in. Yeah, it's they all had practical to, effects. had to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's like, this is how we're going to do it. And you're like, oh, this is fucking weird. But yeah. okay, I like it. Um, but having said that, apparently it uh, needs to make almost a million. Oh, sorry. It needs to make almost a billion dollars to break even. That this is This fucking movie does. Wild. Uh, I mean... It's realistic, I would say. Yeah. I mean, big franchises make that kind of money once they get the worldwide release. It hasn't right. released in China yet. It has not released in China yet. Do we so have- it could, I guess it could potentially get there. Um, I'm not sure when it's releasing in China, but. That's like, why did it cost so much though? Like, yeah. where did that budget go to? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the hell is going on with it, but it does say here, according to Variety, that. It seems like No Time to Die will need to make somewhere between 800 and 900 million just to break even, which that's wild. It's already pulled in um, 314 million. I can't even wrap my mind around these fucking numbers. That's why I had to read it so slowly. Yeah. I'm like, what is that million? Like, I can't even tell. I mean, if that's just box office numbers and it's not even worldwide release yet, I think it's going to do fine. I don't know if it needs to do those numbers at, at the box office or if that can include DVD sales and uh, streaming. I, I guess my bigger question is like, why are we spending a billion dollars on a fucking movie? <laughs> like, uh, because you know, movies it, are that big these like, days. Yeah. But like, it's, it, it's just like a bigger story about like income inequality and the 1% and the rich. It's like, why are we spending a billion dollars on a fucking movie? And I know a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, well there's a lot of jobs that are tied in that. hundred percent. I get it. Yeah. There's a ton of jobs. I know, but I just don't think we should be like making a fucking movie for a billion dollars, like a billion with a B. Bro, like it's, it's inflation. That shit, nah, son. That this is not inflation. That is some it's some bullshit. Is what it is. <laughs> it's I don't even know how to say it, but it, it's malarkey, man. It's it's unbelievable. Like a billion dollars to make a fucking movie. I, not none of us could even fathom a billion dollars. Like I don't think a billion dollars would fit in this room. No, no. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess it depends on the denomination. But, like, still, in hundreds, a billion dollars would not fit in this fucking room. Like, it's it's insanity. Uh, I think I'm almost a billion seconds y- years old. Like, I think 31 and a half about is... A 31 and a half seconds. years is a billion seconds. I haven't even been alive for a billion seconds. Yeah. That's how much money it is. Like, that's insane. Like, also, what was the one... Didn't you, like have some sort of way to to picture it that made like a lot of sense or it was like oh for uh for me is i think it's that i was like one is closer to a million than a million is to a billion exactly or shit like that. that's exactly what it is it, like it's fucking mind-blowing mm-hmm. like I, I i just don't think that we should like a movie should ever cost that much money like well I'm, and i'm also curious like how how much of that is executives like that, that's a good point. That are costing the money. Like, yeah, that's I, why they need to make the money so that the executives can get it back. Seeing the seeing the breakdown would be pretty interesting. Um, I don't I don't even know if they ever make that kind of shit public. But um, yeah, I mean I don't know. Like uh, it's I hope they lose, fucking lose money on it. If you're making a billion dollar movie, you can go fuck yourself. Um, another thing that recently was uh, was released. It's a Squid Game thing. Um, it's about a squid that learns to play basketball. I can't wait to watch it. It's Air Squid One is what it was originally <laughs> called. You know, that, I bet a squid would make a great editor. They got so many, oh, so oh, many limbs. Yeah, like it's like that octopus drummer in Jabberjaw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, no, Jabberjaw was the drummer. What am I thinking was of? He? There was some octopus drummer in some old cartoon. Uh, squid Game is not about a basketball squid. Ah, I know. Right, I know. Right. Could have been fucking good. Um, it's about some 
some bullshit. Some, I don't know. Some people like uh, trying to ca- capitalist dystopia. Yeah, and uh, and it's like kind of like uh, like Hunger Games or some shit like that. I don't know. I watched the last two episodes, but oh, you did. Yeah, it was way too gruesome. I wasn't fucking with it. But 111 million people on Netflix, 111 million Netflix accounts tuned in. That's 50 percent. That's a little over 50% of the global subscription base. So Korean movies and Korean series are taken over. Um, you know, a couple years back when Bird Box came out, at the mm-hmm. time they had about 80 million subscribers watch the movie, which was also at the time roughly half yeah. of Netflix's user base. And honestly, I wonder if they didn't have a similar strategy, like some... I don't, I don't want to call it astroturfing, but I feel like there was a, a an internet campaign, like kind of a guerrilla type, I don't know, supposed to look real. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like they were like trying to make Squid Game go viral. Yeah, basically. And it, I think it worked really well because out of nowhere, two or three weeks ago, I was seeing it constantly yeah, it like on up. Reddit, on Instagram, everywhere, on Twitter, like everyone was talking about it and i was like this is really suspicious how this just if happened if, if like they that. did like a campaign like that it definitely fucking worked it absolutely worked um because honestly like i said like this is so stupid i i have i'm the last person who should be talking about this shit but i saw episode the last two episodes i've seen none of it i thought it kind of was like kind of boring well, um it's just I, like a lot of blood and gore and yeah like, i don't care about that i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of good things but it's the same thing at least with bird box i watched that it was okay like it was not nothing special i saw a tiktok where there was a uh, a girl who i don't know if she was korean but she spoke korean and she actually brought up a really interesting point she was like man you know when you're writing these translations it you have to account for a lot of kind of uh, nonverbal stuff or like cultural things mm-hmm. that you know you're just not going to understand. They They're not going to translate right. Like even if it's uh, she brought up one scene where it was like someone who's like a, a poor person, um, and they say something to the extent of like, I'm I'm smart. I just haven't had an opportunity to go to school or something like that. Yeah, and it's mistranslated or some shit. But apparently, according to her, in Korea, that is a a, like a really that's a problem where like some people are just too poor to go to school or or get a real education yeah and but they're, still, they're still smart and it but it, culturally they're they're looked down upon mm-hmm. and it's, it's like a big you know the two characters are coming from different worlds and there's like more to it than you can put in a subtitle yeah yeah, yeah. um and i've you know i've noticed that with with russian stuff before as well like you know it's sometimes the subtitles just don't capture it even when we do stuff for like Major League Soccer, when I've had to do subtitles in Spanish, I've written out a few where it would be like, um, say he says something like, you know, well, you know, to to win the game, we gotta, we just have to play really hard or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would be like, okay, I'm gonna write like his intonation, right? So I'd be like, well, we just gotta go out there and play really hard, and then the feedback would come back. Actually, you need to change the subtitle. He actually says, in order to win the game, we must play hard. And it's like, well, yes, that is what he's saying. But that's not what he's really saying. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly like, let's, what you let's mean. Let's freshen it up so it sounds like he's a normal person. <laughs> he's not just like, in order to win the game, we yeah. must, you know what I Su- mean? Super robotic, yeah, like, strict yeah. translation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, e- even on, on the, the World Cup... of translation. <laughs> and the World Cup stuff that we were doing... Um, we had a rough translation for the Spanish speakers, but it wasn't until like the day before delivery that we finally got like perfected yeah. translations. Like mm-hmm. we, it was very important not to just have a rough translation that was technically accurate, but yeah. we wanted one that reflected how how they were saying it. That's exactly it. Not it's not a specific. It, it, all, it reflects what they're saying, but also how. Exactly, that's the important part. Um, but yeah, Squid Game. 111 million accounts. Uh, there's 209 million total subscribers to Netflix, apparently. That means, Chris, if each Netflix subscriber contributed $5, they could also make a James Bond movie. <laughs> They'd have a billion dollars. Um, the last thing before we go to break, there is some rumor. Again, w- the weekend, you know, it's a terrible time to record this because the rumors are all going to change by Monday. Um, but apparently, 
today, the day that this podcast comes out, yeah, uh, Apple is going to announce their next gen lineup, and uh, apparently it's going to be so 14 inch and 16 inch MacBook Pros with uh, mini LED displays, um, you know, balling ass processors, all the M1X stuff. Um, what do you think? You're going to upgrade? Yeah, I absolutely need to upgrade because uh, so right now I have a uh, I think it's a mid 2018 15 inch and you know th- at the time it was the best money could buy but it was all- it has this touch bar which hate the fucking touch bar dude, dude. I-, I hated it at first and then I kind of grew to be okay with it but now my touch bar doesn't work like part of it is broken and then every once in a while like once it turns off or goes to sleep uh-huh. it starts flashing like a, a big bright white light oh, that and it's like and you know how difficult it is to to repair mac shit like yeah, yeah. it's just such a pain in the ass I mean, maybe it's as simple as like fixing a little a connector somewhere right. or maybe i need to replace the part but it's like why am i spending four thousand dollars on a computer that only lasts two two and a half years like yeah yeah it's just super frustrating that's what they do i mean uh, I but feel it, like they don't get attacked enough by other brands. Competitor brands should just attack that shit. They really should. It sucks because I mean, like, we're I have to have a, a Mac, a MacBook Pro, and I've always had them. I've had them since like 2004. I really yeah. enjoy MacBooks, but they have been leaving the like professionals in the dust for years. Like they yeah. keep going towards more of a a, a prosumer, prosumer base, at best yeah. yeah which is really frustrating because like i just want a super high-end laptop but it needs to be mac and it's so hard to to hack and tosh a laptop I, it's really not worth I it i wonder if i mean and this might already be a thing i just am not a windows user but microsoft should like i know they have the micro they have microsoft stores i, I don't know how yeah how prevalent they are but yeah, i mean they they're around to, yeah yeah they tried to make it like cool and shit like it, an apple it's store gonna work. it's not cool but one thing that they could do is like if they had the right hardware partner right whether that's lenovo or whoever's manufacturing the actual uh, machines it would be cool if they kind of did like a a partnership thing where maybe it's like lenovo intel and microsoft so if you have any lenovo laptop as soon as intel releases a new processor like you can take your laptop to the microsoft store just buy the processor, they'll do a swap for you, or buy the graphics card, whatever, you buy your upgrades, and and that would be a way to sell it over a MacBook, I think. Because I, I get it that, like, it in a, that's not how it works, and, like, in an ideal, yeah. I'm talking about an ideal world where, like, you f- retrofit the, or, like, I guess moving forward, fit the pipeline so you have compatibility between all these parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, there's just so many moving parts, and that's actually kind of the fucking problem, and that's why I think PCs well, struggle to over. Well, here's the thing: is like PCs are already stronger than Macs. Yeah. Like across the board, you're gonna you're gonna spend half as much money on a PC and get a better pro, or well, at least a a more powerful computer. Yeah. And even like I used to have a Microsoft Surface before I had my iPad. I loved my Surface. It was an incredible machine. So much better than iPads, in my opinion. Like my I, I've had my iPad for a year now, and it was not worth it. Like I think I'm gonna sell it just because. I don't fucking use it and it doesn't it's yeah. just it wants to be it's it, neither it, here nor there exactly it's it's in this weird middle ground where it functions more like a phone still yeah. than than a an actual workstation i think that they have certain very certain uses like graham friend of the show graham he uh loves his ipad but that's because his job is a writer so like well yeah he likes to just carry it around have his little fold-out keyboard and just write on that thing, which I get. That makes sense. Uh, I, I know, but like I don't see any other real spending two thousand dollars to to for a portable yeah. typewriter. You know, like yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but you know, people are buying them. I guess. I, I, I mean, maybe I they'll it. make some. Maybe they'll make some uh, announcements. On, yeah, but anyway, that. I really do want this new MacBook Pro. I I hope the M1X is in it. I don't really give a crap about the LED screen or OLED, whatever it is. Uh, I think the screen that I have on this 2018 is perfectly fine. I don't. I don't see why they need to upgrade it even more. Uh, uh, I th- I really just think it's a matter of upgrading the internals and like yeah. if, if they're gonna move to M1 or M1X or whatever, 
put it in the 16 inch macbook pros this time around i really hope they do same i don't like i wouldn't mind having intel uh, an intel based one again if it's a, a really good processor yeah the intel stuff is great and you I know mean, we work I, with intel so of course i, I want them to I think, stay in there yeah of course i i mean i think when it comes to the processor like it six to one half dozen of the other i get that the m1x is like you know better right and i get that it's I gonna mean, fly but the Intel processors are also fucking good, and it's not like I'm not out here, like I'm not mining Bitcoin on this shit yeah. or whatever. I guess that's not a processor thing. I don't but, even think it's that the the processors are better. I think it's just that it's you know it's all Apple internal right. and everything works really well together. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I think they're not as the the raw power isn't as strong, but just the the actual application seems to be good. Yeah, but Adobe still isn't totally updated yeah, yeah yeah it's still working on it yeah and, and i feel like the ones the machines we have in the office here are, are you know i'm not i'm gonna try to hold off the m1 for as long as i can until there's no reason yeah yeah um the couple other things that are rumored are um a second generation mac mini and uh people are saying that they may also announce airpods 3 and they may ship mac os monterey out of beta so okay, it has been about a year since Big Sur came out. Yeah. So it's gonna be quite the event. I know a friend of the show, Trey, loves watching those events live. Oh, that's what yeah. I've heard. Big, yeah, big so facts. If he's listening to this, um, you know, Trey, I hope you enjoyed the uh, Apple event. Um, Chris, let's do this. Let's take a quick little break, and then when we get back, we got some. Uh, we're gonna talk about efficiency in the edit, and we're gonna talk about how to dig through footage real quick. Yep. <laughs> Look, we've been doing the show for a while, and Wandering Barman... Wandering Barman? They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails, and they're pre-made. Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7... $5 cocktails. So if you want an old-fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, $5? If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm, $5. And if you want a Diet Pepsi? I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. Oh. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at 315 Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, 5 to 7. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Welcome back, Sizzlers. We're here to talk about efficiency and the edit. Yeah. Hey, I just thought about this. Did we plug the cold line at the top of the last segment? N no, I started to, and then uh, I, th I think you sidetracked. Something happened. Yeah, I got yeah, sidetracked. 332-333-4361. Yeah. That's Burr. the cold line, Burr. Burr. Uh, and especially, you know, if you're, a, you know, an IATSE member participating in the strike, I mean, give us a call. Just let us know what your experience was I like. I would actually love to hear that. Yeah. That would be cool. I don't know if there's anything going on in New York. I, I feel like that's more of a Los Angeles thing. More of you motherfuckers need to call in. Wow. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. We we're, we pay for this fucking phone line. <laughs> no, we don't, do God we? damn it. No, we don't. <laughs> call in. Um, segment two, we're, we're here. We made it. You, if you're listening to this, you're halfway through the show. Um, we're going to talk about efficiency in the edit. This was a crazy week. Um, we were working, we're working for a, a food like a food video company mm -hmm. and um they had us do some uh trailers for upcoming shows um and both of the experiences back to back were you know which it's what you'd expect it's a trailer for a fucking season of a show so obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of footage but the timeline is so condensed that we don't you know normally you'd probably get the final episodes and you'd choose out of there what you want to pull right yeah, yeah. Um, and these situations, we've mostly just gotten the raw footage from all the episodes. Dude, so. it's really frustrating because like we haven't even really had an assistant editor go through it first. Like they just dump everything on us. We did. So for one of the projects, we there was an assistant editor who went through stuff and organized it into string outs. And, you know, it was, it was well organized, but it was so much stuff and no selects were pulled so it's just you know four or five hours of b-roll just as much in interviews luckily the interview selects 
They hadn't been pulled, but we were given time code for it, so that wasn't yeah. a big deal. But the B-roll, it was just so much, and it's so frustrating because you know we're ha we have a couple. Not I don't want to call them junior editors, but it's on one of the projects. It wasn't us working on it, right. and I don't know if they had ever worked on something that massive with such yeah. a quick turnaround. This is like a five day project where they're they're expecting a cut. You know, at the end of those five days, they're expecting a. Pretty much all the way there. Cut. Exactly. If they need to make a couple changes in house. That's fine. Well, and obviously it, we're not going to do color sound. That's going to get passed. But uh, yeah. And it, after, after three days, they want to see at least a version. So really, you right. have three days to cut it, or yeah. like to get through everything and have have it most of the way there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just and so the second project is. I will say though, they tend to give us a little bit of leeway. Like I think we. Because we've proven that we can turn it around and submit quality stuff. Yeah. I think they let us submit a V1 on day four at yeah. some point. Yeah. Because usually we're basically there. Like our V1 isn't ever like a, here's uh just the sound bites and like no, you know what I mean? Our yeah. V1 is like probably what a lot of people's like V4 is. You definitely, know I mean? definitely. Because so, internally, like internally we have Internally it own, is V4. Exactly, exactly. But before, like what the client gets is a V1. Um, but so this, this next project, it's basically the same, same kind of timeline, five days to turn it around. And this one I'm working on and it's for season two of a show, but they haven't finished either of the first two episodes of season two right. and they haven't even shot episodes three or four. In fact, they're shooting episodes three and four after our trailer releases. Exactly. Right? Is that right? Well, after our calendar is over is over so it's like why i mean why are we even doing it this week what like yeah. why, why aren't we doing this next week uh you know like if, right, if right, these right, things right. need to go in but also so for for the b-roll we were literally given six hours of b-roll that was all shot in one day of just yeah. like it's just food porn like it's such it's so unnecessary like if you're yeah. shooting that much six hours on this same set, same day. Yeah. What are you doing? And th this isn't like My, what the I'm, chef cooking. This is just like beauties. Shots. Yeah. I'm hoping that, I mean, I haven't looked at the timeline, but uh, you know, you probably have, so you know, but I'm just hoping that maybe they like rolled S and Q on accident and forgot to like turn it off yeah. or something like that, you know? And then you're like, oh, okay, that's that two of these hours are just an accidental long take or something like that. That would make it reasonable. Maybe, but either way, it's still over 600 right. gigabytes of of B-roll for for a single episode. Yeah, and well, I, see, I think what gets me is that, like, it's just, it, we're going back to, in, to efficiency in the edit, right? What gets me is that this is just for a trailer. Like, I don't think we need all of that. Because, yeah. like, like you said, it only deals with one episode. Like, we could have just, if someone on their end just kind of, like, pulled, like, five minutes like five minutes of footage yeah. from that episode we'd be good like because exactly. we just need a couple shots we're not gonna or else it's gonna turn into a, a trailer for just that episode you know it, what exactly I mean? well and when you overshoot like that honestly your product ends up being worse i know in your like for a shooter in their head they're like wow they have all this stuff in their head <laughs> in their head sorry so, so pizza pizza <laughs> it is fighting sorry <laughs> We just did a music podcast right before this, and they played the song "Zombie," so it's for an hour. It, it's in his head. Sorry, what did what were we saying? Uh, I don't remember. You were saying that like uh, what that in there in the shooter's mind, they're like, oh, oh man, yeah. we're getting gold. All this is gold. And yeah. In reality, it's like, well, our turnaround's so quick, we're not going to go through. We can't go through all the gold. We it, can't watch all exactly. Of it. Like the shooter thinks, oh, they're going to have a shot for everything they want. They're going to have the perfect shot, but really, I'm never going to get to those shots because you're, you're overwhelming me. Mm -hmm with six hours of footage for a two-minute cut, I'm not going to use that stuff. I'm going to pick the first things I find. The first dope things I find exactly. are going in. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm on this string out, I'm going to go through the first probably 15 or 20 minutes, yeah. and that's it. See, what I do when I have a giant string out like that is I, like, I don't even start at frame zero. I open it, and I just click randomly somewhere like 75% of the way through and mm -hmm. I scrub for a little bit and pull like a couple things and I click way back to the beginning, scrub a bit and I kind of just click around and, and like just pull random things. Yeah. And then when I get to the next part, when I'm already re rearranging things and trying to find maybe replacement shots, 
that's when I just hit reveal in bin and I yep. just start clicking around next to it. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just fine and stuff. Cause you're right. Six hours. That's, it is a little overwhelming, a lot overwhelming. Um, Walt, I think it was Walter Murch who said back in the day, oh, there it is. Your MacBook is doing that flashing. Yeah. That's, that's epilepsy warning. Really? You could sue him if you want. I should. You could. Um, sizzle real versus the state. <laughs> sizzle real versus Apple <laughs> 2021. Um, what I was going to say was that I think Walter Murch was the one who said it, but he at some point had, and I guess maybe it's different now, right? Because technology, but he said that he watched every frame twice before he even started touching the machine and editing and anything. Mm-hmm. Again, it's different because on film, like they're not going to be shooting that fucking much. Um, now I, I, I would assume that he doesn't do the same thing. I have no fucking idea. He's coming on next week. We'll ask him. <laughs> uh, I, uh, no, but I, I think, uh, if you're going to take that approach, that would mean that you have to watch 12 hours of stuff before you even start editing. Yeah. Well, not only that, so you have to download 600 gigs that's e- true. or even if they run a, a drive to us, that's still to transfer onto the server. Yeah. going to take a few hours. If you're downloading it, it took 24 hours, just about. Then you have to watch every frame twice. There's your 12 hours yep. or maybe more because you got to take breaks. You can't just sit yep. there like a robot like for 12 straight hours. Like a zombie, zombie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You and can't just sit there. Li- like for our timeline, that's literally already, what, three days taken up. So you have two days to make the edit. Mm-hmm. And like the, it's just. It's, uh, it's bizarre because it kind of is the name of the game, right? Like it, as much as I don't want it to be. Yeah, that, that is what happens is like people just dump footage on you these days. That's just how it goes. That's editing in 2021 versus editing probably in 2001. Yeah. I don't know what that was like. It's, there was a big crucial event that happened that September that changed the editing world forever. Oh, yeah? They released the iMac. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, man. September 10th, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I have no idea what that is. You know, it's, uh, it's the double-edged sword. 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 Uh, how do you say wolf? Wolf, wolf. It's wolf. There's no L. Uh, the double-edged sword of uh, of digital shooting. Media. Yeah, yeah. Where like people can just shoot for hours now and be like, "This is so great," but yeah. really, I don't know. Ha- having what is this train spotting? Yeah, You're shooting up for hours. Oh my god. Sorry, that's fucked up. This one. This is a crazy segment so far. Yeah, I can't, I can't get a can't point get a word in edgewise. <laughs> um, now they're shooting all day. Yeah, now they're shooting all day. And, you know, before you were confined to, like, this much tape or this right. much film, and it's going to get really expensive afterwards. But these cards are reusable. You just keep shooting and dumping, and, like, yep. s- storage is cheap. I don't know. It's just really, it's kind of frustrating where, like, you don't have to be a good shooter to get good footage. You just I, have to keep shooting. I think that the solution is going to come in the form of, like, um, machine learning. Like, I, I really yeah. think that right now we're in this weird realm where tech for production ha- has grown crazy and tech for post has trailed. And yes, like th- the uh, tech for post definitely is evolving, like, you know, even stuff like uh, automated uh, subtitles, shit like that. But those are all like little tiny breadcrumbs. Like I'm talking about big steps for tech and post and that would be like machine learning and automating the ingest process so as these frames are coming in uh the machine scans them and it has a built-in database and it knows how to recognize like that is a basketball so it can tell you everything with the basketball is in this bit or like i've pulled it into a sequence to do this everything with pizza is in this sequence and like label it medium wide basketball. Right, exactly. Meta tag everything. So all you have to do is go in and, and type it in and tag. And the thing is, I'm sure those things are already in development, if not already in like beta or some might even exist. Yeah. Um, but they need to, once they get more widespread, I think we're going to balance back out. But it, it is incredibly stressful when people overshoot now um, because there is no solution for it really. And then at the end of the day, that only gets you part of the way there. You still have to fucking go through it and like find what the good shots are. You I know? know, I know. It's super. I mean, because <sighs> I can show you a fucking close up of a pizza that looks like trash, and I can show you a close up of a pizza that looks amazing. You know? Yeah, but the it, computer's at, not going to know that. At least it gives you a starting point. At least right. it's not just a six hour string out, and you just have to guess where something is. Like I know you can scrub. I know that we're 
kind of just being nitpicky, but it. it well, I don't. Slows, mean, I don't want no scrubs. Dude. I don't. I don't want no. Scrubs. You don't want no scabs. I don't, I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. I don't know. It's just. It's a frustrating, inefficient workflow. Yeah. But that's kind of that's what post is. That's what editing is. Is fixing all the mistakes that production made. So okay. So when you're tasked with going through something like that, where it's like a ton of footage. Um, and actually to go back to, I wouldn't call them even mistakes that they made because like in their head, oh my God, that zombie shit in their heads, they're shooting for one episode, which I know that's crazy, but they're shooting for like a 20 minute episode or something like that. And I, I get that they're still overshooting, but it sucks because that's why like, I just wish the the timeline wasn't so compressed I know because if they could afford to finish all the episodes and sit on them for a little bit and give us like five days with the full final edits. We could knock the sh- knock that shit out. Not even five. We could knock that shit out in three days probably. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not how it works because I think the turnaround, uh, like the, w- what's hot is it moves so quickly yeah. that if you plan to do this episode and then you sit on it for two months, by the time you release it, it's irrelevant. You know, I guess so. It's it. It's just weird. It's just that media moves in such fast ways. For me, it's just like I mean, what? Why do you expect? Uh, you know, you're doing four episodes of this. They all have their own editor. They all have like a two week schedule. Why do you think that we can go through four episodes worth of footage like that in five days when everyone else like is getting weeks? I, I know it's a different ask. Yeah, but it's just kind of absurd to me. Yeah, it it that's it's weird because it's like again, what we're putting out is just two minutes. And just just give us put a, an assistant editor on this for one day, mm-hmm. and give us a couple of string outs of selects. That's I mean, all I want. I think moving forward, the solution would be to like if I was running the production, I would say, you know, we know that we need a trailer, right? So I would immediately when I'm going through for each episode pull like a b-roll selects for trailer like and they don't even have to be the best it's just the, the stuff that you immediately saw and cream of the crop rose to the top yeah and you you know give that like make it five minutes that's it. three minutes that's it just like got that's all we need you know we'll make it work right but uh you know it, it is what it is it's like it's it's such a process and especially when it has to go through all of these different uh levels and all these different people at some point the shit's gonna get it's gonna run downhill you know what yeah. i mean but okay so you're getting all this stuff dumped on you what are some of your uh because and, and then i'll tell you some of mine because i edited something like this last week what are some of your kind of uh tricks efficiency tricks that you've learned you know i mean to be perfectly honest uh, they did give us some season one uh, tech episodes, and if you don't know a tech edit, it's basically stripped of music and usually graphics. Graphics are still on these, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just go through that first and pick the beauties from that because they've already they've already been edited. You know, like yeah. they're already good. Obviously, I still need to go through the raw, and I it's weird. I don't think there are any great tricks. I think part of it is mindset. Like if I, if my task was just to be the assistant editor on this and I knew I didn't have to cut it afterwards, I really wouldn't have any problem going through six hours. Like if if I was just being paid to go through it and pull selects, that's fine. But knowing that I have, I have to like get to the edit, I get really antsy and like I won't finish the process of going through the selects. Like I'll just find a few and then I'll start building a couple moments in the timeline to kind of like reinvigorate myself so that I don't just get like stuck in the B-roll forever. And then have, even after going through six hours, I'm going to have like 20 minutes worth of selects, which I don't need for a two minute cut. And, uh, really all depending on how they've shot it, I'll identify maybe, six different types of shots that I want, like whether it's so for pizza, what they like to do is they'll put it on a plate, spin it around. That's a pretty common one. Mm-hmm. Or they'll do the, they'll scoop I'll it and scoop lift it up. Lift yeah. it up. Uh, I'll compile a bunch of those shots together um, just so I can do a couple little cool little montages out of mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then once I feel like I have enough shots, I have enough shots and I'm just done. I'm not looking for that shot anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what I end up doing is I always start with the bites and I take the bites and I kind of 
try to come up with almost uh usually if i can make them work i come up with like three acts to put in the trailer mm-hmm. and there's like in each one's a company with a different music and sometimes there will be even a fourth music somewhere in there to do like something special with but usually it'll be like you know the one i cut was about um chefs and their like entrepreneurs and stuff like that so the i had like a uh act one um where it was like or a part a kind of where it was them being like you know we're badass chefs and here's like our thing and we're like this we're working with the community we're doing our cool thing then i had kind of a downer part part two where they were like you know there are struggles for sure but we like work through them and like you know new york never sleeps like that kind of shit Mm. and then back up part three and part three was like you know that's right we're badass chefs and here's (laughs) what we do and then and that one i would like so as i'm building those moments i'm like okay here i want a b-roll montage if i have a specific b-roll montage i want here i want a b-roll montage of this and i'll type it real quick and put it as a title so i'll be like you know oh while when at the end i want to end on slow-mo hero shots of all of the you know chefs looking at the camera being like yeah i'm cool as fuck Mm -hmm. and so then i'll type in like hero montage real quick and so i know to come back to it um and then i'll go through because you got to give them some face time if they have a particularly punchy line or a line that really hits, I'll like unmute that footage. I'll like enable it. Usually I have all my interviews disabled at first. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll enable it when I know I want to see them say that line. And then at that point I'm left with randomly like a black screen with audio underneath it. And then randomly the people's heads are popping up and that's what I want them to talk. Then is when I get to the six hours of B roll. And what I do is like I said earlier, I click on a random piece. I pull maybe like six or six to ten selects, loop them, cut them, paste them on the on the other timeline, condense them, drop them right over the footage randomly, like right over my cut randomly. Mm-hmm. And I just literally pick enough until I have, say it's two minutes I made a cut. I literally just pick enough footage to fill in all of my gaps. Then I watch it and then I'm like, OK, cool. These parts are working. These parts I need to move around. But for me, I, that sounds chaotic and it it sounds random. But it, honestly, it kind of is the most efficient way to do it, I've found, because I'm not going to go through all that. F- I can't. I can't. Yeah. In the in the in the time that we're given, I can't go through all the footage. And like for me, the trailers are more of a pacing thing, you know, and then I've always found that. Once you get that pace right and you get the story right and you got your your arc, right, you got your A part, B part, C part, and you're showing the characters and you're letting people know who they are and you're keeping it pacey and keeping it nice, switching up the music. At that point, once you get it feeling good, the producer can tell you what shots you're missing. They'll go, oh, you know, we actually had this really great shot of this bowl of salad or something. And you're like, oh, great, great. I'll go find that, you know. But my thing is like, I just want to get the emotion and the story right you know that's what i care about well I sound like a fucking scrub like i want to get the story right for this food trailer <laughs> you, you don't want no scrubs want uh scrubs. you know i mean i actually have done kind of the same thing for this one um i've just started going through the b-roll today but i've been on it for two days so this one has a script luckily so i you know i have I have it all laid out. I have my spaces like you were talking about. Like I want B-roll montage here of these shots. I want hero shots right here. Uh, and it, luckily for me, it's already spelled out for me pretty easily yeah. because of because of the way it's scripted. Right. Um. You know, she talks about this is what we did la- last season, and then I can show boom, quick montage of great highlights from last season and some right. some of the the guests from last season. And then she talks about you know what we're gonna do this season couple more pop 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 you know what you should do pop pop like that dude from uh what's a uh, community yeah <laughs> um you know what you should do tomorrow you should have david help on or not tomorrow monday you should have david help on some pulls that's because like that will help l- like me a lot. if you know exactly what those montages are and he's going to be in here anyways I, it's more important for him to do that than this other stuff cool so that'll, that should probably be the move um, especially if you know exactly what you're looking for, you know, yeah. you can well, even spell those moments out really. Yeah. And if you want to get even more detailed with it, you can be like, like what I'll do sometimes is I'll type in like, cause basically what we're describing is making a script with text on screen. Yeah. So, yeah. and timing it right there. So I just write like B-roll montage and then I'll below it, write like, it, like four or five exact shots that I want. Like, 
whether it's like close up of basketball bouncing on the on the um, floor, um, someone tying a sneaker, uh, then like a person like getting in position close up of sweat, like I'll type literally dream scenario what I would want. And if we have it, great. If not, just get something close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're pretty much right, too, when you talk about like just getting the emotion right, because uh, really, I mean, it, it's a sizzle reel and, you know, all the shots look good. You cut them quickly. The mm-hmm. music is right. The bites are right. It's going to look good pretty much no matter what. Yeah. Like you have to try to make it bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the way with your approach. I already have at least this, the first music. It's already in there because I know I want to start on this song. Yeah, one thing I've been doing lately as a trick is uh, maybe it's not... It can, it's going to get old to me probably in like a year. It'll probably get old to me to do it this way. But right now what I'm like really keen on is starting with one song and only teasing it for like a little bit, like no more than like 15 seconds really, then having some sort of moment. Then we switch to a new song. And then at the end, we bring back that very first song that's to actually, like bookends. You're going to do the same thing. That's literally yeah. how I've already mapped mine out. Yeah, actually. you should. You yeah. should. I mean, it, I think it, it works because then like, because usually under that first song, I'll show the title card or some graphic about the show. Exactly. So to bring it back to the call to action at the end, it just makes well, sense. Well, if you've picked a good song too, like the very beginning of the song is going to sound a certain way. And then it's when you're coming to the end, it's going to be a little bit different, maybe Ramped a little up. bit more full or, yeah. you know, have a couple extra instruments in it i don't yeah. know it just has a slightly different feel to it yeah and then sure. I'll, then it stings out and you're good it's perfect um all right well let's wrap the shit up i feel like that was actually an incredibly informative segment ethan yeah. if you could if you could keep up with that that was a little bit too uh no i think the, the I, I think the real fucking editor heads are gonna love that shit yeah. um what's that guy ethan right that's the guy who's calling us out uh ethan lethal yeah please call in ethan ethan I, you, you I, gotta call in we're we, I, we're I stepping uh, our game up for Alex, you alexi's out here calling calling our sizzlers motherfuckers but seriously call in and we're, just let us know you exist we're doing and, a, a good cut bad cut routine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah fuck you guys call in um and also seriously shout out to ethan lethal because i feel like ever since he he, he got to stop our game a little bit like yeah, we're out yeah. here actually talking about it how long can we do it who the fuck knows probably uh, next week we'll a be million back episodes that's how one long. million episodes um yeah uh I'm going to urge y'all to tune in next week because I think we're going to do a very special crossover episode with, yeah. it, with it, the Ask Not Me Anything podcast. Unless we're on strike. Oh, yeah. We might be striking. Who knows? And if we strike, maybe you'll hear a different podcast that we... <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Um, Chris, where can the people uh, find us? Hey, we're at Sizzle Real Gang on Twitter and Instagram and on Gmail, in fact. Uh, Patreon, we are Shishkin Productions, five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. Gets you into the happy hour, gets you exclusive content. Uh, the Discord. The Discord is really the big thing. And honestly, if 200 million of you guys sign up, we can make our own James Bond movie. And it's going to be great. <laughs> For a billion, billion bucks. Uh, one, one, $1 billion dollars. Billion bucks. Billion bucks? Yeah, see. That's one, too many deer. Oh, shit. Giannis. Uh, we're, we're also on. Not 999,999,999. Not a billion and one. One billion. <laughs> One billion. Uh, where else are we? I don't even know anymore. Call us. Call, please call us. That's 332-333-4361. That is a sizzle real cold line. We will not answer. Right. It will go straight to voicemail. And you can just leave us your thoughts say, or your questions or your for prompts. for people in the back. 332-333-4361. Oh, my bad. Yeah, that's, okay. that's a new song. One more time. 332-333-4361. Let's fucking go. We wrote a jingle. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Later. A Shishkin Productions podcast.